Good morning and welcome back to Simply Conversing. This is Alex and today we have Gabby with us. She's a successful businesswoman working for a tech firm in Northern California, where she's also from. And she's also a Pepperdine graduate, a member of my rival business fraternity. <laughs> but above all, she's an incredibly driven individual who never seeks to inspire. Thanks for being here with us, Gabby. Oh, thank you. How are you? quite the intro. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very, very well. It does seem like the end of this uh, lockdown situation is approaching. Uh, it's Ooh, not there yet, but it does seem like the future is becoming, um, I guess, looking, it's starting to look better. Yeah. How long have you been uh, in lockdown now? It's been, uh, I feel like it's officially seven weeks, uh, six oh weeks gosh. mandated. I kind of like forced myself into sticking with my yeah. uh, cozy apartment a week before. But yeah. seven weeks. That's How sweet. about you guys over there? Uh, I think I've been in quarantine since like the beginning of March. So about the same amount of time. Um, yeah, it's just the new normal now. So I'm yeah. kind of used to it. Yeah. <laughs> And just for context, for the audience that's listening to us, I'm currently based in London, and Gabby, you're talking, obviously, from uh, California. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we hope everyone in these two respective areas and everywhere in between is doing well, uh, you know, amid the situation. But let's get started, Gabby. So uh, in yes. today's episode, I want to talk about something which might, might sound somewhat contradictory, uh, but I think it's mm -hmm. something that the two of us have something to say on, especially because mm -hmm. of the undergraduate university that the under, undergraduate course that we uh, we studied at Pepperdine University. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, I want to talk about giving, uh, so charitable work, but I want to mm -hmm. understand if the driver behind a lot of the nonprofit uh, involvement mm -hmm. that we have stems from a place of selfishness. Mm. And uh, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what that means. But I want to start off with a question, which is going to kind of guide us through the entire mm. uh, episode. And just to give it a little bit more context, I feel like the impact that a check can have, so the impact that money can have on a community in need mm. can be greatly superior to, say, a week spent overseas working directly with the ones um, that we're trying to help with our own bare hands. And so mm -hmm. why are we so inclined to getting involved directly rather than, say, focusing on making the greatest impact? Does it come down to personal fulfillment? What do you think? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think that, you know, like the concept of generosity and giving back to a community comes from a place of like passion and of purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that oftentimes, you know, like when you say give a check, I think sometimes that's like the easy way out because, you know, all we have to do is just like sign our name or just give like X amount versus um, spending a certain amount of time mm -hmm. um, to kind of like help out a community. Um, but as I was thinking about this, um, I started kind of just thinking about, you know, like five different love languages, right? You have um, you have the gift of like physical touch, you have um, the love language of um, gift giving, quality time, words of affirmation and acts yeah. of service. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like giving 
can kind of fall into that um the acts of like service bucket of like love language and mm -hmm. i think that is kind of like a personal preference at times um and I guess, obviously, a lot of it, you know, oftentimes in these conversations, we end up generalizing uh, some mm -hmm. uh, episodes, some scenarios, and there mm -hmm. is a, a specific level of subjectivity that has to be taken into consideration. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, one of the languages of love you mentioned is, you know, the, I guess, mm -hmm. physical touch. Uh, mm -hmm. Nowadays, in the past couple of weeks, that's not been possible. And so yeah. I guess the driver that uh, you mentioned of passion, which mm -hmm. um, that should push someone that was used to giving to others through that love language, through physical touch to kind of reassess what the best way to make an impact is. But let's uh, let's take a step back uh, and mm -hmm. we're going to end up going back to that uh, question later on, but Gabby, are you part of any nonprofit organization or have you carried out any charitable work either now or back when you were at Pepperdine? Yeah, so I'm actually part of um, a church. Um, I grew up in a pretty religious household. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I give back through that community yeah. um, as well as just trying to like give back in other um, ways. I know that like when I was um, unemployed for a little bit. I was um, part of a nonprofit organization that helps underprivileged children mm -hmm. kind of get access to tech education. Yeah. Gotcha. And yeah. do you feel like the, well, I'm assuming your involvement kind of started because of your family, um, mm -hmm. but did it, did the driver behind it evolve? Like, did you become closer to the cause, I guess, that you were supporting? Or uh, I guess it just came easy mm -hmm. because you were already in that world, even though you might have preferred to give back in other ways. Yeah, I definitely think that like generosity is something where um, I think it is a very personal expression mm -hmm. of um, of care and yeah. of loving. Yeah. I think that oftentimes, you know, like when we think about the concept of generosity, mm -hmm. um, it can be seen as like either an expression of love or a very transactional thing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the crux of the question mm -hmm. at hand is like, why are we writing a check? Um, or why are we like going to serve in kind of like an underrepresented community, for example? Yeah. Um, and I think that like one of the answers to that question, um, and I don't think that we can like ever fully mm -hmm. um, answer like the, the human intent behind it. But yeah. I think that it's like, um, what gives us satisfaction and what do we hope to get out of it? Um, I think that sometimes when people give, it is for selfish reasons. Um, it's for like calculated, like I want someone to see me as this way, mm -hmm. or I want them to like return the favor um, in that way in the future. But um, I think that true generosity and true giving comes from places just of just caring yeah. um, deeply about a cause or an organization yeah. um, and not expecting anything back in return. Yeah, uh, I, I think you bring up uh, a couple of really good points there. You mentioned the word transactional earlier. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of things evolve into. And so if I want to mm -hmm. be entirely rational, I, you know, I have to give more credit to those mm -hmm. who make the greatest impact, regardless of what the reason behind 
donating money, intervening by, you know, building a house, building a community, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's because if we're interested in the greatest impact, so bringing mm -hmm. about the greatest amount of benefit to the largest amount of people, it oftentimes yeah. does come down to money, even though the reason Absolutely. why someone might be doing it is taxes mm -hmm. or even mm -hmm. a competition. You kind of mentioned there yeah. are some sort of, I guess, expectations which stem from the act of giving which mm -hmm. i think negatively affect the reasons why you give in the first place and and so it, mm -hmm. it also almost seems to transform it into uh, keeping up with the jonas's kind of thing where yeah. it's not a matter of getting the bigger car the nicer house etc but it's a matter of showing off because you're making you know the greatest impact which Ethically, might not be the best thing, but the result, mm -hmm. the outcome of those actions is still in the right direction, right? Um, there is one thing which you made me think of, though, which mm -hmm. I think pushes people to getting involved, which isn't just a matter of satisfaction, but I guess monetary donations somewhat alienate mm -hmm. many because... Uh, especially when you go through large organizations, there is very limited visibility on what, I guess, your efforts lead to. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much bureaucracy. Some of the organizations that you donate money to have so many stages before, uh, you mm -hmm. know, that donation ultimately gets to the community you're trying to help. And so personal involvement allows mm -hmm. to circumvent this issue by helping an individual tie directly his or her efforts with the results, mm -hmm. even when the results might be of lesser impact than, say, a big check. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what, what do you think? Um, I guess do you see an issue with transparency in it. And I think some, I guess the younger generations are, I guess, have a different behavior compared to older ones when it comes to giving out to nonprofit associations. But do you see yeah. visibility as an issue or transparency as an issue? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I think that I think that we don't really need to be completely transparent mm -hmm. um, in the act of giving. I think that. Um, as humans, we have so many complexities within us that we don't even completely understand. Yeah. And sometimes like we can think that we're being completely, you know, like altruistic mm -hmm. in our um, in our intents when we're giving. But in reality, you know, like sometime al along the line in like five years, we may look back and be like, oh, like I'm a good person because I gave to that yeah. um, community. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, you know, I don't think that the majority of the people, um, and this might be controversial, but I don't know that the majority of people give because they completely don't expect something back in return. Um, I think like these days, especially with so much like social media and um, opportunities to kind of just like share what you're giving to, like look at celebrities um, with their charities and everything. I think that a lot of people do give because they think that it's going to help elevate their um, social status in some way. Yeah. Um, to your point earlier, when uh, you were talking about like, you know, people giving because they think that it'll just like look good. Um, mm -hmm. You can see that like all over social media. And yeah. um, when people have like donation kind of metrics, you can see like, oh, I gave like X amount to this charity and X amount to that charity. 
Um, and that's kind of become a little bit of like a, a status marker, yeah. I think, for celebrities when they can create their own um, charitable causes mm -hmm. um, and become like known as philanthropists. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely very interesting. Gabby, do you think that you can be, I guess, objectively known as philanthropist, um, mm. but at the same time, be the opposite of it when it comes to your social circle, the, like the strict, like the friends and the family around you. So I'm, I'm just trying to think, can you be someone yeah. that is very selfless, gives a lot to the community mm -hmm. that, you know, is just indirectly, uh, yeah. you know, does not directly in contact with that person, mm -hmm. but at the same time, say, treat the ones around you poorly and not value the ones around mm -hmm. you? Yeah, I think that's absolutely something that can happen. Um, just because I think that when you give, people are looking at the impact of um, your giving. And oftentimes, you know, like that impact, if it's really great, and if you leave a legacy behind, um, that might overshadow who you are, like as a person in your personal life, yeah. in your private life. Um, and I think that, you know, like it is more and more rare to find people who are both generous like on the outside and on the inside as like a consistent thing um what do you think about that i'm uh, i'm conflicted i'm conflicted mm. i, I want to say it is likely um but if i remove from the picture those individuals that Mm -hmm. give mm -hmm. even large amounts of money for mm -hmm. say tax reasons or right. for competitive competition sake if right. you really struggle and I, i'm just looking at like going through my friends mm -hmm. and the people that i know i really struggle to see people mm -hmm. that don't necessarily value those around them and mm -hmm. do community work I know, like mm -hmm. most of the people that I know are very involved with um, helping the community, whether that's you know, helping out an elderly, you know, that lives down the mm -hmm. street or whether that's giving money to an association, mm -hmm. almost always they're also genuinely nice people with a massive heart, way bigger than the mm -hmm. chest should be able to hold. Really, really big heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's a good thing because there is some sense of admiration that I have for those who give mm -hmm. because they want to give as opposed to those who give just because, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, but uh, something that I'm also trying to understand is because there's this stigma of mm -hmm. only nonprofit associations do well. Uh, and when yeah. I say do well, like do good, let's put it that way, mm -hmm, do good. Mm -hmm. And profit for-profit associations, for-profit companies tend to be the bad guys. But I'm also mm -hmm. trying to think, well, I guess for-profit associations tend not to mm -hmm. support the people that are really, really in need. Let's say an organization that helps underprivileged uh, kids in an African country. Kenya, for example, mm -hmm. let's not generalize Africa because it's a whole continent. Let's talk about Kenya, which mm -hmm. I have um, mm -hmm. connections with. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of admiration towards these. But realistically, mm -hmm. for-profit associations, because there is a lot more money going on, going around, mm -hmm. 
I think can have an even bigger impact and do have a bigger impact. Uh, mm -hmm. Even during this COVID situation, you know, how many mm -hmm. wealthy yeah. entrepreneurs and, and you know, extremely profitable companies with tons of cash yeah. reserves have been donating um, way yeah. larger amounts of money than nonprofit mm -hmm. associations. Um, so, so I guess, do you think it's correct yeah. to kind of like see for-profit companies mm -hmm. in a bad light? No, absolutely not. You know, I think that like it goes back to purpose and um this might be like super cheesy, but I think like, as we know, um, Pepperdine's like tagline was purpose, service, leadership. Yeah. And when I think of the concept of giving, I think of those three words. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that like, as a large company, like you got there for a reason. I think that like every person um, on this earth is like, has a purpose. Yeah. And um, in order for that company to have gotten to the place it is t today, like, they obviously serve a purpose in this yeah. world. Um, and I think that like to be able to um, use that platform and the monetary like assets that they have to give back to the community, especially in times of need, is very much like what they need to be doing yeah. um, to fill their purpose um, to serve the world right now. Yeah. And obviously to lead, um, I think like the rest of the world and like smaller corporations and just like, to show people like this is what we should be doing. We should be all like helping um, the community in these times. Um, you know, like what was really interesting while you were talking mm -hmm. is I was kind of thinking about the concept of like altruism and egoism. Yeah. And that really comes to mind when I think of like selfish giving, like mm -hmm. can people be completely selfless while giving? I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that because you know, that's also a debate like whether or not people can be altruistic mm -hmm. um are people like truly just good yeah. or do they have like some kind of motivation um underneath the good that they do yeah. i i think i was gonna say i'm a little bit cynical about it but i think mm -hmm. in this case cynical yeah. is actually being normal i guess that's what most people would probably yeah. expect to say but there's a tiny mm -hmm. percentage of individuals mm -hmm. that yeah. probably can be entirely selfless uh, mm -hmm. and i think but also think that they can only be selfless with causes that have directly affected them. Mm. Let me give an example. I consider myself to be somewhat like somewhat of an altruistic person. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, with some individuals more so than others. But yeah. I can never give money, for example, to an mm -hmm. association which, for example, deals with leukemia. Okay. Because uh, no mm. one that I know has ever been affected by it. I know it has mm. affected a lot of individuals. I know it's you know I mean, a terrible disease to have, but it just doesn't, yeah. it's not something that I have any interest in. So cancer, for example, is something that has affected my family. And it's something that I have no yeah. problem in donating with completely selflessly mm -hmm. without expecting anything mm -hmm. in return. Um, mm -hmm. Having said this, I do think that the majority of people somewhat expect something in return and it doesn't mean oh they're gonna mm -hmm. see tangible benefits affecting them in the short term uh, but mm -hmm. it could be personal satisfaction it could also be that what they're trying to get in return is mm -hmm. to get other people to do the same um, and i think that's mm -hmm. a very appropriate expectation to have so you give because you have the power of showing others that they mm -hmm. too could make a positive impact by doing the same. Yeah.
no i i really like that um i think that like you know like growing up in um a christian household that concept of giving has also been very ingrained in me um just like growing up going to sunday school every more every sunday morning for example um we would like sometimes study um the stories about um you know like a beggar who has um like not a lot to give but yet she like gives her last coins and how that's better than um, a very rich person who gives, you know, like maybe more than the beggar, but he's still giving kind of like selfishly. Um, And I think that's like a very interesting concept as well. When we talk about this concept of like selfish giving, because like he's still giving, but he's not giving until it like really hurts him. He's not giving um, like anything that's significant to him. So um, I think that, you know, that's another example of just like ways that, you know, like people might be offering something, but the intent behind it um, really drives um, like the actual action. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you were to be, which one would you want to be? Would you want to be the person that makes Mm. larger impact, but does so selfishly or be the person that gives pretty much everything they've got, which is the less? Yeah. I think like, Man, like that's a really good question because I think that everyone wants to say that, I mean, like maybe not everyone, but I think I would say that I want to give everything that I have. But when the push comes to shove, like how many of us actually are able to do that? I think that it's a really hard thing to do. And I think that there are like a very small percentage of people Mm -hmm. um, in this world and maybe like even in our friend groups who are able to do that. Um, Just like looking at, my own life Mm -hmm. like I feel like I'm more of like so far and I would love to be the the second example but I think that oftentimes like I give enough to make myself not feel bad I think that sometimes giving and like donations um kind of like it almost serves the purpose of like relieving yourself of some kind of burden of having a lot um does that kind of make sense like the burden of privilege for example no 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 it does Mm -hmm. it does make sense i think what it comes down to is the perspective that you want to adopt if Mm -hmm. you're yeah if all you focus on is just let's see what the uh, i don't even know if this is the way i would approach it but yeah i think it comes down to the perspective Mm -hmm. so if you take the perspective of the person that's receiving that's on the receiving side, mm-hmm. you probably want to be the person that gives the most amount of money. Um, having said this, yeah. there, I, I also think that there is a certain level of influence and positive influence that you mm-hmm. can have on the mm-hmm. person that's receiving money if you are giving from a place of good, I guess. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that can be, obviously it depends on the case, but can be just as beneficial for the person that's receiving um as the money itself Mm. but again i think like yeah i think a great example of that is actually like scholarships for example you know like they're always named after someone Mm -hmm. like you know the bob smith scholarship or whatever totally made that up (laughs) um and that might be super impactful on you because it enables you to like i don't know like go to school Mm -hmm. or like do something xyz Um, but is that more impactful than maybe like a professor who spent real time with Mm -hmm. you 
who taught you about like I don't know like maybe helped you understand your purpose or your vocation yeah. or um, opened you up to like a new yeah. kind of like no life 100%. view um, and I guess you know to be devil's advocate you could say well you would have never met that person mm -hmm. had I not financed you right um totally yeah but which one is appreciated more yeah it's it's I think it's very hard to say um but yeah. uh Something which I don't think is going to be as hard to tell is the role uh -huh. of advertising when it comes to nonprofit work. I want to yeah. know what your take on this oh, is. Yeah. And mm -hmm. without getting too much into the details of the research, et cetera, yeah. I guess what really motivates people um, is, I guess, an emotional connection with the cause that normally is the biggest driver behind deciding mm -hmm. to give or not to give. But it seems when you mm -hmm. when you turn your TV on or when you turn the radio on, oftentimes the advertiser tries to appeal to your sense of pity or guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, the typical yeah. scene of malnourished kids um, popping mm -hmm. up and looking at you, staring at your staring at you intensely, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. What What do you think? Is that ethical on is that what they should do? Because mm. all that matters is that you end up giving. What do you What do you think? I think that the purpose of you know like those specific ads is to kind of like bring a window of visibility into the world of need. Um, I think most of the time um, they target like people who are very much in their own bubble of mm -hmm. comfort. Um, I think that we seek comfort um, as like a society yeah. and oftentimes we don't try to see or understand the other side yeah. um, with like, you know, suboptimal conditions. And I think that when they show us those images, um, it kind of just like reveals, you know, the other side, how you, how the other side mm -hmm. lives, um, how the other half yeah. lives. Um, so I almost think like, yes, I think it's ethical. Um, because it's revealing, you know, like, like a, a need um, in society and like showing people that um, you should get out of your bubble and just like open your eyes to the rest of the world. I'm not going to lie. So this is straight from personal experience, um, especially mm -hmm. in the past. My family used to support a bunch of associations um, mm -hmm. then eventually we, you know, we stopped some of those donations mm -hmm. and we got so fed up with turning on Eurosport, which is kind of like ESPN here in Europe, um, mm -hmm. and every other publicity was, was some sort of nonprofit association, normally massive associations, UNICEF, mm -hmm. uh, Red Cross, so on and so forth, they kept on sticking in your face these three minute long dramatic videos filled with very mm. graphic and very touching images. And mm. I, in our case, it had the opposite effect. It alienated us from mm. wanting to donate. Why is that? Well, I think what it came down to is on one hand, we were already doing our part. Um, and obviously mm -hmm. everyone there's nothing wrong with a person's decision to not contribute, just like it's fine if someone contributes to less than someone else. But 
in mm -hmm. our minds, we were already doing our part. We were supporting a bunch of associations that we, we cared about. And so we were so tired with these other advertisements, you know, reminding us of something else, uh, almost leading mm -hmm. us, forcing us into donating more to causes which we weren't as interested in. We still respect it, obviously, but we just weren't drawn to that it kind of seemed like it was taking away um, the value of the act of giving from the beneficiaries themselves. And it almost mm, seemed like it was making it more political and it was placing the, mm. like, the emphasis on us and trying to make us feel guilty yeah. of whatever decision we decided to make or not to make. Yeah, totally. But um, I don't yeah. really watch that much TV anymore. So I don't know if those are still there. <laughs> um, and I don't know if even I would yeah. even react differently to them now that um, a lot has changed in my life. I think that, like, to your point, those ads, like, they always do make me feel a little bit uncomfortable mm -hmm. because it almost... Um, it's telling you what you already know you should be doing as a human being, yeah. which is like giving back to people who are less privileged mm -hmm. than you. Um, those ads, like they always feel like they're kind of like calling you out in some kind of way. Um, and if you're already doing it, if you're already giving, then yeah, I can totally see how that seems just mm -hmm. like, why are you, why are you trying to make this a cause that, yeah. um, that kind of like references like political things or um, just yeah. like other things. Because, like and that. I think this does contribute to that shift in the mm -hmm. driver behind giving. So if if at mm -hmm. first you give because you you care about a cause, a cause, mm -hmm. upon being um, faced with all these advertisements, et cetera, et cetera, you end up you run the risk of donating just for the sake of donating because someone else is telling you to. And so whether that's a win for them, because what ultimately might matter most is just the fact that you're giving something, which is nothing, which is better than nothing. Um, mm -hmm. It is still, I guess, and we've talked about it for quite a few minutes now, but it is, it's not allowing me to, doing it from a place of selflessness um which i yeah. think ultimately uh, does play a very big role um but uh so something else i want to i want to have your take on so at the beginning we mentioned getting personally involved with uh with a, a cause let's say uh, that we are planning on flying out to the other side of the world to build a bunch of uh, schools in a in a village, okay? Yeah. Would you, if you had the option of financing a group of individuals that are already there, thus contributing mm -hmm. to the employment of the local community, um, would you be more inclined to financing mm -hmm. them as opposed to going there directly? Huh. Yeah, I think that, you know, this kind of goes back to the whole idea of like how your method of giving is related to like what your your love language mm -hmm. might be, your love language in this case being connected to your sense mm -hmm. of purpose. Um, and 
I've always been someone who um, my my love language is quality yeah. time. So I would say that like if I felt very strongly about a cause about um, an organization, I think that I would probably be on the side that would you know like volunteer to go to mm-hmm. that place abroad to help out directly. Yeah. Um, I think that I would find more satisfaction personally that way. And I would almost feel like I could impact the cause more directly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's always going to be like financial givers, but there also needs to be people like on the field yeah. working. Um, I'm not saying that's what I would choose every single time, but I think that's like who I would aspire yeah. to be is someone who would like use my own hands and feet to, um, to actually help these people. Yeah, I think this conversation kind of goes back to the idea of you know, give a man a fish, they'll have food for a day or someone, something like that. Uh-huh. Every language yeah, has its own totally. variation, but oh, I mean, I yeah, fish and yeah. they'll, you know, they'll be fine for a lifetime or something along those lines. Um, yeah, yeah. And obviously in reality, it's not like by going there, you're preventing people that are there from getting involved. There's going to be a blend of the likely happening. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do think, though, is that by getting directly involved, you're more likely to ensure some greater longevity in your actions because you see on the faces of the people that you're helping how much really mm-hmm. making a difference, and that will in turn mm-hmm. lead you to give more, give frequently Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think well it's also a really good way of the people that are receiving the donation whatever that may be to understand that I guess to keep them accountable in the sense that um, and obviously I think most people are this way but you do not want to run Mm -hmm. the risk of them taking it for granted or getting used to it without valuing it Mm -hmm. and valuing it Mm-hmm. And I think it does happen, but that's just yeah. the nature of some human beings. I think that also um, kind of like goes back to that conversation that we were having about transparency, mm-hmm. right? Like, I wonder, like, how many organizations out there are completely transparent about the way that they use their resources to impact a community? Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, like, these organizations, um the responsibility kind of falls mm-hmm. on them to be more transparent as well. Um, I think that, yes, transparency in giving is important. Um, in the context of like impact itself, maybe less important for the giver, mm-hmm. the giver's intent to be transparent than it is for like the organization's intent and yeah. how they're using it. Because um, I think that that definitely does inform people in their methodology of giving, whether that be monetary or time. Um, or services. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, not to change topic, but one of the many use cases <laughs> of blockchain, um, especially mm-hmm. when we first saw that rise of startup f- firms that didn't necessarily have a real business model, but they still mm-hmm. had some ideas. One of the uses was ensure yeah. transparency in donations. So yeah. always being aware yeah. where the source of funding and you know we're going and how they ultimately uh, got to the the final beneficiary 
And, and, and I'm sure there are some real yeah. cases of this and I'm sure there will be more in the future. But I do think that it's a very it's very important for the associations to somewhat ensure that level of transparency. And obviously not everyone's interested in it, but I do think that it's important for mm -hmm. those who want to see what they're really doing, especially for those that do give and don't have much to give. Um, I do mm -hmm. think associations owe it to them to, you know, mm -hmm. to have that level of transparency but yeah what do you think about social media and the accessibility of giving and donations yeah. now um for example you know like you have websites like gofundme um facebook has like a fundraising yeah. donation yeah. feature and um, there's just like a ton of places where like it's more accessible yeah. now versus maybe like you look at five ten years ago um that's something that you know i think only you could say like the elite or the privilege really had connection yeah. to those giving channels. I, I think it's a double-edged sword in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned a few, uh, I have one, which I pretty much come into contact with every single day, which is Revolut, uh, a bank mm -hmm. account, a bank, mm -hmm. which has actually made its way mm -hmm. to the US now, but here in the UK, I think they're, mm -hmm. they've got the most number of features and they've got a donation feature where every so often, they pair with yeah. a new association and they give you the option very quickly, mm -hmm. seamlessly within the app of donating however money you want, mm -hmm. however much money you want. Yeah. I think that's incredible um, because they kind of like summarize what that association is all about and they give mm -hmm. you without having to flip your life upside down the option of very easily mm -hmm. making an impact. Um, so mm -hmm. I like that. I definitely like that. I also do think that some of the smaller nonprofit associations, um, be, probably because I'm someone that does does value transparency, um, mm -hmm. I guess um, have a an easier platform to draw eyes on them now that there is social media mm -hmm. compared to those massive associations that everyone knows about, mm -hmm. but that have somewhat alienated themselves from a lot of people because you've got individuals trying to uh, stop you along, you know, mm -hmm. when you're walking on third street promenade, getting you to sign something. Yeah. Better. Um, <laughs> yeah. So taking in this case, a more passive stance, but making sure that you're aware mm -hmm. that there is an easy way for you to make an impact is a really good way to approach, especially younger generations. There's yeah. one other thing though, and I guess going back to that double edged sword Mm -hmm. A lot of people now can request funds and can set up fundraising for causes which I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, should get a single penny. Um, and in mm -hmm. the case of Pepperdine, I remember a bunch of students um, mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, went to school with us. Most of them weren't mm -hmm. even friends, but they just were in our classes, etc. That would want to mm -hmm. go for a couple of weeks, a couple of months to say South America, spend a lot of some time there <laughs> doing some nonprofit work. Yeah. And they wanted their friends yeah. to fund their trips. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I understand you not, might not be navigating yeah. in yeah. gold, but really? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and, and so in, in those cases, mm -hmm. I think that there's yeah. a level of abuse around social media. Mm. But what do you think? Mm. You know, like, I think that one of the pow powers of social media is that it's really helped in scaling out 
and the whole concept of empathy. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things where it's just like, I think years ago, you can only really develop empathy for a cause if you knew someone um, who was directly yeah. affected. Um, but I think the role that social media has played in this is that like, you don't have to be connected. You can um, read or watch some content um, and kind of feel in a way like connected to that cause. And I think that that, you know, is oftentimes, as you said, a double-edged sword because um, people have the ability to write to their story in however way yeah. they want. Um, like a lesser cause, for example, like funding a one-week trip um, abroad, um, whoever's writing that story can be more skilled than someone who maybe leads an organization for like feeding underprivileged families, yeah. for example. And depending on like which story resonates the most with the crowd, um, they might be getting more support. And I think that has kind of shifted the uh, momentum of giving um, towards whichever cause is able to source the most empathy through their content or whatever they're putting online um, or into the public. Um, and I think that's like a very interesting but powerful kind of just like aspect of social media. It is, it is absolutely. You're make, you, you made me think of two separate examples. And I think the mm -hmm. second one is exactly tied to this final point that you mentioned. The, the first one, though, is, yeah. I guess now that we're all dealing with the COVID crisis, um, there were mm -hmm. a lot of, mm -hmm. well, one specific uh, celebrity family, um, Chiara Ferragni, she's a very famous, one of the original fashion influencers. And uh, her mm -hmm. husband, who's a famous rapper in Italy, they raised mm -hmm. a significant amount of funds, a couple millions, actually, um, just through private donations, through a GoFundMe campaign, through, obviously, social media, Instagram, and that's how they got everyone involved to, um, I guess, uh, enlarge one of the hospitals around Milan to, you know, Mm -hmm. allow for a greater amount of people to be hospitalized um, and so without social media it would have been much much harder for them what they would have probably done was just ring a bunch of their very wealthy friends and try to get the same amount of money that way um, but mm -hmm. i do think that it does so this other method and all the smaller donations that uh, have allowed the community to really show how resilient and how close to each other they are um, about mm -hmm. the power dynamics and I guess the mm -hmm. um, the uh, the impact that specific communication has on getting people involved with associations that they might not have anything to do with is mm -hmm. say YouTube but Mr. Beast that's the guy that came up to uh, came you know, came up when you were talking Mr. Beast is a very famous YouTuber yeah. who's I guess he started off he's obviously very entertaining he started off by doing good and kind of like recording it um and so yeah. you know like spending the most of my money giving the most amount of money to homeless individuals etc and there was one uh, situation where there was fires damaging um i think it was around the same time was both the amazon as well as australia i think the two things happened mm -hmm. one after the other but so he ended up planting a ridiculous amount of trees uh, to compensate, mm -hmm. obviously, for the fires that were happening. And so, and mm -hmm. the number of trees that he ended up planting um, 
matched the number of donations or something along those lines that complete, you know, strangers decided to give him um, or give whatever associ association was representing. And so I think ultimately that's very powerful because he was able to make an enormous yeah. amount of impact on something that um, obviously yeah. was of vital importance, but not necessarily that mattered to everyone. Um, and so I think it does yeah. go back to that whole idea of ultimately, you know, you're, as long as you're doing good, um, it's still better that not doing yeah. anything, even though you might, you know, all your, I guess the personality traits the, and the attitude you have towards giving isn't the best. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, like whatever your method of giving is, um, you need to like serve the community around you. I think it's your responsibility, like as a human to be able to um, give a helping hand to those in need, um, whether it be like your passion project or um, just like a community that you're very tied to. Um, being able to give back, I think is a gift um, that we have as people who are like um, privileged to do so. And I think that even those who are not as privileged, um, being able to find a channel through which they can um, serve and contribute, um, I think is always really important to just like keep keep our world yeah. floating. And honestly, like in times like these, I think that becomes more even important. more important um, to just like, share that love. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you, Gabby. I think those are beautiful words. And just to wrap up, giving is important and we've spent this whole episode obviously talking about giving to associations nonprofit work but giving also can simply come down to making sure that your friends know that you're there for them i think that's probably one of the best places to get started it's not just a matter of uh, giving money to someone else uh, to a stranger etc but mm -hmm. oftentimes just a matter of listening to other individuals making sure that they know that you value them um, and just being there for them, um, especially now that we're mm -hmm. a lot of us are isolated. Uh, some of us were their family, yeah. some of us were friends, but other people also just by themselves. Um, so I think it's important to, you know, pick that phone up and just letting everyone know that, um, you know, you're still there. You're still uh, there to support them, there to listen, there if they ever need anything that's a good place to start yeah but Gabby thank you so much for being here with us today thank you for having me on your I podcast will, uh, talk to you very soon thank you bye, bye yes bye.